Thank you. Thank you, Will. There's something I really like about that song. It's one of my favorite hymns of all time, actually. It talks about celebrating, but it also talks about anticipation. Uh, in the first lyric there, uh, first verse, it talks about mourning, uh, people hurting and wanting Christ in their lives. Christ is uh, sometimes associated with uh, rejoicing and joy and happiness, and Christmas is all about being merry and happy. But, you know, God's given us every emotion that we have, and it's a gift, whether it is happiness or even whether it is sadness. All of those are tools that we can use to communicate with one another. Uh, it helps us to define how we feel, and it helps us to um, move forward. Uh, I, I always hate to use the term working past something, because anybody that's ever lost anybody knows that you don't work past it. You just kind of learn to live with it. Uh, and those feelings are very much uh, a part of who we are. If you read the, the Gospel of Matthew... At the same time that Jesus was being born, I'm going to steal this chair here. At the same time that Jesus was being born, we read last week about how uh, the Magi, the, the wise men, uh, came and um, went to Herod first, King Herod, and asked uh, if he knew anything. He asked if they knew anything. He encouraged them to go and investigate it more so that he could uh, worship the king of the Jews. And as they visited Mary, Joseph, and the newborn baby Jesus, they heard in a dream that they should avoid Herod at all costs. And so rather than reporting back to Herod as the deal was, they slipped out of town after making a nice visit and being able to share gifts. And you think of that as a very joyous occasion. The first kind of celebration of Christmas, the reason why we give gifts to each other, is because the Magi brought gifts to celebrate the birth of Christ. It was a very celebration moment. Birth at that time, uh, well, it's kind of today, it's risky. It was very risky then. Uh, the mortality rate of newborns was not very good. And so if you had one, a, a child that was born healthy, it was cause for a lot of celebration. You know, even during the time that Jesus was born, there were other people in the world being born. And those other people were born into families and parents. And they were all celebrating because they had healthy children. They'd made it. You know, after that, uh, the, the, the pains of, of childbirth and everything, they made it. They survived that. And so whether they knew about Jesus or not at this time, there were people that were celebrating. And we always think of the, the Christmas story as this really magical, wonderful, joyous time. And it was. But then something happened. You see, Herod was a very paranoid person. And he was very distrusting of anybody that might even be a threat to his power. And even something like a newborn baby could cause him to be very, very threatened. 
And when the Magi mentioned something to the effect of the king of the Jews, which is what Herod's title was, he was very nervous about that. You see, he was in position, but he knew that he didn't actually belong in that position. And so he had his own issues. And so he knew that in order to stay in that position, it was up to him to threaten, to manipulate, and to annihilate any possible threat to that throne. And when he had heard that the Magi moved on without reporting back to him, he was livid. Every paranoia, every anger, every fight for power erupted. And he put out an order. It says, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and he sent out and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. All of those families, all of those parents that celebrated the same time that Jesus and Mary celebrated the healthy birth of their child, it was gone now. And it wasn't something where somebody snuck in at night and gave the child a pill and they died in their sleep. They killed with swords. That was the way that they did it then. You'd be at home, enjoying, and suddenly somebody would barge in and murder your child. The thought of that, the screams that were heard, the agony, the, 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 the wondering why, It's a wonderful Christmas story, isn't it? We often like to skip over that part. But at the time that Jesus was born, the Savior, the Savior, children were being killed. All because of somebody's greed and power and total disregard to life. At the time that, that Joseph had been warned to get out of Bethlehem and head to Egypt because of Herod, other families were being completely caught off guard. And without any awareness, suddenly everything that they knew, everything that they had been celebrating for up to two years was gone. Now... When you watch the Christmas specials, uh, you don't see this very often. The last week I watched a Winnie the Pooh Christmas special, there was no mention of this at all. <laughs> you kind of want to leave that out. But there's some reason that the person that wrote this gospel, they kept it in. Again, I always think about, you know, the whole idea was to, at the time of the gospel, it was to, for lack of a better word, I know this sounds insensitive, but it was to sell Jesus. It was to encourage people about the love of Christ. It was about to promote it, to share the word, to spread the word. Uh, and this is actually written in, in a way that uh, uh, it, it's honed toward people that had celebrated uh, the Jewish faith for most of their lives, and it was inviting them to ha have this connection with it. 
And so the Jewish people at the time, when this was written, they knew about Herod. They knew about these folks. They knew about the historic events. But why would you want to even put that in there? If you, if you wanted to write a Christmas card, you might say, on this day, the birth of Jesus and the death of several others. You wouldn't put that in. Not joyful. But remember... We uh, are complicated individuals, and we have feelings that are joyful and others. But again, why would you want to put that in there? If you're trying to sell Jesus, don't you want to sell that Jesus is all about a new beginning, a new change, and everything's going to be happy now. Merry Christmas. It's not eh, Christmas. It's Merry Christmas. It's joy to the world, not eh, world. The writer of this gospel wanted to make sure that we knew, even 2,000 years later, that even with Christ in our lives, there's tragedy. There will continue to be hard times. There will continue to be times that make no sense whatsoever. There will continue to be loss. It's, it, it's not a magic potion here. And we like to sell Jesus as it is. If you have enough faith, not only are you going to get that new job, but your health is going to be good. And we have a lot of people that say, you know, I, I had this uh, wonderful thing happen to me. Uh, it, was, it was totally a God thing. And it's nice to give God credit for things in our lives. But where is God when the nice things don't happen? Does that mean that people that are financially insecure right now? The people that don't know if they're going to have a Christmas right now? Does, does that mean that uh, they're not Christian? The, the family, the whole street in that terrible tornado that wiped out on a, on a city street on a, on a town, I think it was five kids, five children were killed in one night. Bam. What do we say to them? You didn't have enough faith? God was with us, but not with you? There but for the grace of God go I, but it sucks to be you? There's a reason that that was written in this gospel. That children died the same time that Jesus was born. Because as Christians, we're never to look away. The world has good in it and it has bad in it. But we are never to look away. Bad things happen. 
What do we do as Christians? What do we do? Sometimes we feel things that aren't so merry at Christmas, and sometimes we feel things that aren't so merry in our lives. We're complex people. We feel a lot of things. But in today's world, it's, we, if you're not happy, then something's wrong with you. So we put on this face, and a lot of us, we end up wearing these, these faces. Even though that there might be something happening in our lives, or we just don't feel happy, we put on these faces because, especially this time of year, we're supposed to be belching rainbows. Garland is supposed to come out of our ears. But there's a reason that that story was kept in the gospel. Because even during a joyful celebration of the coming of our Savior, we are reminded of why we need one. Because this world left alone is a, not a perfect place. And bad things happen. And bad things happen to very faithful, good people. And what your circumstances are is not a reflection of your faith. I don't believe that during that time, God turned his back to those families. I believe God mourned with those families. Just as he mourns with us today when bad things happen. There's, a, there's another lesson that we have that takes place in John. And it's a different type of lesson. It's not, it's not the, so much the tragedy that happens, but it's sometimes just the way that we feel about ourselves. The way that we feel. If you, if you follow anything that I've preached before, you know that I'm big on feeling. But I, when I say I'm big on feeling, I'm big on all of that. You shouldn't just be feeling joyful all the time. You should be feeling what you feel. And this is a story that I like. It's from uh, the Gospel of John. We're going to be going to a different book here. Jesus had performed miracles. He had walked on water and people had heard about it. And they were all gathered around him. He had his 12 disciples that were the, the, the guys that were the, the closest to him. But he had disciples. That's people that followed Jesus, that followed him from town to town. And they were all about it. And they were all for this person. And he was feeling it. You know, he was feeling that they, he was winning them over. And he, while he had their attention, he said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He started to tell them about how uh, you can eat his flesh, drink of his blood. He started talking about the sacrifice that he was going to make. He had them there and he was saying, I'm going to sacrifice everything that I have. For you, because of love. That's a good message, isn't it? But when you're playing to a diverse audience, some people, they don't like to hear that message. And, and, and what happened was that the people that were listening, they started to hear this thing about eating flesh and drinking blood and all this kind of stuff and started getting a little weird for them. And some of them said, Okay, I love the, 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 the walking on the water bit. That was pretty cool. 
I don't know how you did it, but it was awesome. That, that whole thing about feeding people out of a, just a couple of pieces of bread, that was great. You could open a Denny's, it would be wonderful. But this whole uh, connection with you, this, this intimacy with you, that, that feels uncomfortable. And a lot of the disciples at that time, the ones that had followed him, said that's, that's too much for us. And they turned away from him. And this big group of people, he had them dispersed and left him. And the only ones were left were the 12 that he hung around with. Imagine that. You, you have this big thing, you know, and this big message, and you, you've, they love the tricks, they love all this kind of stuff, but you, you, then you got them, and so you're going to teach them the truth about how this we connect with God and how we connect with Christ and how it's so important because it's love, and they all just, they turn away and they leave. And this is when Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, do you also wish to go away? Now, I've heard this preached before, and people love to put this as uh, Jesus testing his disciples because he always knew what was going on. This is as macho as I can get. It's, I know it's close to I'm a little teapot, but it's still... But I don't see it that way. I don't see it as, as Jesus with a wink in his eye knowing that he was testing people. Because remember that Jesus is God in flesh. And the Bible shows us that Jesus had mixed emotions. There's times when Jesus got really mad. There's times when Jesus wept. There's even times when Jesus begged God to take the burden off of him. And I believe that this is a time that Jesus felt very scared. Is it okay for Jesus to express insecurity? You just had hundreds of people walk out on you. Would you not turn to those close to you and say, are you still here? And again, why is that written in the Bible? If you're selling Jesus... This should have a really cool ending. Like uh, he told people that he was going to give his life to them, and they all said, woo, and music started to play, and there were cupcakes for everyone. But there's a time when Jesus turned to his closest people, people he had lived with, Peter he had lived with for a while, and said, are you going to leave too? Just like that tragedy when Jesus was born, there is loss and questioning and not joy. So as Christians, what do we do? Do we ignore the bad? Do we say, nah, that was just a test. Jesus is never going to feel scared because if he did, that means I could. Remember, Jesus is giving us an example in this story all the way through. Sometimes we do feel insecure 
Sometimes we do doubt. Sometimes we do want to look at the very people that are the closest to us and say, do you still love me? Because sometimes we feel at a loss. And by Christ doing this, by Christ the Savior doing this, there's a message there for us 2,000 years later that you're going to feel this too. And it's okay. There's a message in both of these stories that you will experience heartache. You will experience bad times. You will experience loss. You will experience times when you doubt it all. And that's okay. And then Peter gives us a really good idea of what to do in those cases. His response to Jesus. He says, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This was not Peter passing a test. Believe it or not, this was Peter reassuring a friend. As Christians, when bad things happen, we are not to turn away. We are not to say, uh, well, therefore, by the grace of God. We are not to say, uh, you just didn't have enough faith. We are actually to say, I am here with you, and I'm not going anywhere. I love the fact that Peter said this, because Peter did not have all the answers, and that was made clear. Peter was a dunderhead many times. He flew off the handle. He tried to walk on water and fell. He'd be the comic relief. But when it came time to test his friendship, his loyalty, his faith, he didn't know what that meant, but all he knew to say is, I'm not going anywhere. You're having hard times. I'm not going anywhere. And that's what God says to us. We will have some hard times, but God is with us during those hard times as well. And as as Christians, our job is to walk with each other during those hard times, during those tragedies. Uh, we had to cancel it because of weather. But we have uh, every year what we call a blue Christmas service. And it's to acknowledge the other feelings that we have during those times. And normally what we do is we would light a candle for, for people and for, for things that we feel. Uh, and because of the pandemic, we, we chose not to, have, not to pass around lighters and Things like that. And, and hand sanitizer, you know, it's got alcohol in it. That just, it's not really a, I'm looking for the lighter. It's not really a, you know. But there are things that we can, we can do to acknowledge people during this time. I have the pleasure as pastor of the favorite thing I love about being a pastor is talking with people. And just being with people and hearing their stories. And I know that there are people 
that have gone through things this year, just this year, that are going through things this year, and that sometimes happiness is not the thing that they have felt. I pray for them as I pray for all of us. And when we light a candle for people, it's our way of saying, like Peter, I'm there for you. There, there are people that, with this pandemic all over the place, that have experienced much grief. We light a candle for them. There are people that are not able to travel, and they're lonely. There's a lot of sadness and loneliness at this time of year. We light a candle and we pray for them. We were talking about this early before service. There are people that have anxiety during this time. Fears. We pray for them. There are people that have challenges in health. Many people have challenges with health. We pray for them. And many of us are facing all kinds of different challenges. And we pray for them. And the rest of the candles are for things that I haven't mentioned, but they're there. There's a reason in the book of Matthew that a great tragedy was acknowledged during the birth of Christ. It's because Christ acknowledges the tragedies in our life. And Christ is with us during those times. May we be there for each other and truly make this a Christian community. Good times, bad times. And if you are someone that is hurting at this time, I just want you to know that I'm available to listen and to pray. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, you've given us a wonderful world filled with blessings. But in this world, we also know that there are challenges. There are good times, there are bad times. There is happiness and there is just pain. We pray that we know that you were there during those good times and that you're walking with us during those hard times. Help us to be there for one another. Help us to be Christian and love. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. We always think about gifts this time of year because we like to make each other happy. Don't forget that the greatest gift you can ever, ever give is your honest self. Whatever you're feeling, sometimes just being there for one another and listening is a wonderful, wonderful gift. May we share it this Christmas. Amen.